1: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the afternoon get down, bathroom optional on the best show on your radio. You know better, it's Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us. Courtesy of Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, SiriusXM X Channel 80. And don't forget about telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We want to hear from you. Be heard in a Freddie and Harry, Dr. Pepper call in line at 888 ESPN. Right now, not the season, not previous events, but right now, who is the best team in the NFL? Harry Douglas believes it's still the San Francisco 49ers. I think that Tina put 70 points in the Denver Broncos, known as the Miami Dolphins. Where do you stand? 888-729-3776. Let us know right now who you believe is the best team in the NFL. And when it comes to Tua, the more he keeps doing this, Harry Douglas, the more nobody's going to talk about, what if he gets hurt? What if He gets hit. What if he gets injured? What if he can't take it? He keeps having performances like we've seen, ranking second in the NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns and QBR. He also completed his first 17 passes of the game yesterday when they put up 70 points and 726 yards on the Denver Broncos in an NFL freaking game. He allowed that team to score more touchdowns maybe in one game than we may see in the Jets and Bears combined the rest of the season. He keeps doing stuff like this, Harry, and all of a sudden you can't bring in that narrative what if, when it comes to that and the health of Tua Valoa?
2: I also want to give a lot of credit to his head coach, who happens to be the play caller, Mike McDaniel, for having Tua Tungvaluwa's back when it comes to making sure that he doesn't get hit on a consistent basis, making sure he's not in those positions that he was in last year when he suffered those concussions. And a lot of people may say, what am I talking about? Well, let me explain it to you. When you look at this offense right now, and they're the number one offense in the National Football League, passing and rushing, last year I stated if this offense had a run game and they Mm -hmm. were consistent with that run game, that would take a lot of pressure off Tua. Well, they've been consistent with that run game in 2023. So much uh, to the point that now this offense is so dynamic Opposing team defenses don't know what the hell's going on half the time. Now, you add those lethal weapons that they have from a skill uh, position standpoint on top of the shifts and motions and Mike McDaniel finding ways to get these guys to football, it's a nightmare. If you're playing this team and you're trying to figure out, okay, where do I need to go? But also, I think, Mike McDaniel calling these plays to get the football out of Tua's hands, hands quickly. Right. Right? Getting that ball out quick, the run game, being balanced offensively, all of those things are a contribution to keeping Tua healthy. And I love what I've, what I've been seeing from this football team from an offensive standpoint. I love everything I've been seeing from the, from the team. Mm-hmm. But I think Mike McDaniel understanding that I have ways that I can protect my quarterback, just uh, uh, rather than just uh, letting him figure those things out on his own, has, has been very beneficial for the Miami Dolphins and of staying healthy so far.
1: I can't wait till Sunday 1 o'clock. I know we still got two games tonight in the NFL to end week three when you have the Buccaneers taking on the Eagles and then you have the game on the other side where you had that Monday Night Football doubleheader, but the Buccaneers, Eagles, that's the one that's got center stage above the Rams and the Bengals. Dolphins, Bills, and Buffalo, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're going to find a lot about both of these Well, teams.
2: And I think what's what's big, too, is that Tua's only been sacked one time at three games, Friday,
1: mm-hmm. I think he's been hit more in the locker room getting a massage, and he's hit on the football field so far in the first three games yeah. because they kept him pretty clean. And like you mentioned with the offense, the way it's structured, get the ball of his hands quickly, that running game will keep a lot of quarterbacks clean the way that they've been able to run the football and not just for over 300 yards on Sunday. But here's what I love for Tua about as The Jets fans to be more than opposed to saying this, but I like the fact he's been able to shut people up. There were so many questions about him, and when you think about the guy that was selected next to him in the draft when it comes to Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers, Many people wonder about Tua's health at the next level, and could Justin Herbert, after coming for a quote-unquote catch-and-throw offense, because everybody's running a catch-and-throw now in the NFL, could both of these guys succeed at the next level? Well, we've seen what they've been able to do, and I'm really happy for both of these guys. And I'm extremely happy for Tua, because the more he keeps doing this, the more he keeps shutting people up. You're not tough enough. You're not a leader enough. You're not physical enough. Yeah, We know you can throw the football, but can you make those kind of throws that when they need to make those throws and make them happen? He's been able to do that in any, by any stretch of the imagination in the first three games this year when it comes to him. But AJ in South Dakota, hitting us up on the Dr. Pepper, Freddie, Harry calling line at 888-729-3776. AJ, a little birdie told me you still have a question about Tua talking about Lord, the Dolphins quarterback. What you got?
3: Yeah, hey, man. The Dolphins are undoubtedly uh, probably the best team in the NFL right now. But if you look at his stats uh, in the first three weeks this year and compare them to the first three weeks last year, they're almost identical. I'm not saying that he's uh, not a good quarterback. He's one of the best to do it right now. But it's just keeping him consistently healthy. That's going to be what his ultimate downfall is and maybe what keeps him from being a Hall of Fame quarterback.
1: It's a little early in his career to start talking about Hall of Fame. When it comes to Tua, AJ in South Dakota, thank you for the phone call, by the way. But I will say this, that the more he keeps doing this, then those questions keep getting reduced when it comes to Tua talking about law.
2: Now, let me say this, because from a pass game standpoint, are the numbers similar? Yes. Here's the difference, though. What's the difference? The run game now for the Miami Dolphins is not the same as 2022. And that's a big difference. Tua getting the football out quicker is different in 2022. Being in year two of this offense in which I know for a fact that's when it thrives the most is different from Tua Tungvaloa in 2022. So from a passing standpoint, yes, but there are other components Mm -hmm. to this offense that make it different than it was a season ago.
1: And also the confidence that Mike McDaniel has in his quarterback because people wondered – if they were going to go get somebody else and Mike McDaniel and the general manager Greer said, well, no, no, he, he's going to be fine. We just have to teach him. He has to teach himself to better protect himself. Yep. And so far, so so good. We've been able to see that when it comes to a about. But that, it wasn't man, just a tour business. thing. Oh, it's no, collective, collective. That, that, Absolutely. It,
2: exactly, yeah. right? It's completely
1: yep. fair. It's a collective thing because it's not just him out there throwing the ball all over the place. Not like the Chargers of Justin Herbert. They said, screw the running game. Go win the game. And he did that versus Minnesota, although Brandon still almost blew the game anyway by going for it in a fourth and short of the 24-yard line. It must be wonderful to be an NFL head coach and think you can fantasy football your way to victories. He's lucky that his defense had his back, or that would have been another wicky-wacky move. By Brandon Steele. I'll,
2: I'll tell you this. I think it's BS that, that you have guys that can get jobs and think they can do that when there's people that have coached for 30, 40 years that don't get that opportunity. But that's a story for another day. I'm going to get on my soapbox at some point about that, Freddie. Okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it to rest right now. But at some point, I'm going to get on my soapbox about that.
1: I can't wait about that. Phil in North Carolina, what's on your soapbox about the Miami Dolphins, my friend on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio?
4: Definitely the Miami Dolphins, the best team in the NFL right now. As a true fan, since 75, we've been in football hell since 99 when Marino retired. But you look at everything going now, getting the right coaching, Daniel, the play calling, Fangio on the defensive side, Ramsey coming back in December. We did that without Waddle. Plus, you look back at Tua. I know all the naysayers, what they said. But if Tua didn't get hurt in college, he played that year out, won the national championship, he'd be in Cincinnati right now. He would have been the number one pick over Burrow. So like I said, gotta go with the Dolphins right now. Whether it's a hundred percent true or not, all us Dolphins fans are loving this.
1: Hey Phil, what has it been like because you're one of the few Dolphins fans that can actually call this network and you were actually there the last time they won a championship. What has that been like for you going through that drought?
4: Rough. <laughs> I, mean, I live in a small town. I live in a small town in North Carolina where I am the only Dolphin fan that I know of. You know, um, we've had some bandwagon jumpers back in the eighties and mid nineties, um, but it's mostly Cowboy uh Commanders. Excuse me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, around this area, some Falcons fans. Um, but yeah, it's been rough. It's been rough, and uh, you know, went through all of the those hard years with more quarterbacks than I can even name. <laughs> uh, the debacle with Saban and Cam Cameron and the Gates guy in disguise as a coach. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're. <laughs> We're coming along now, and, I mean, it's so, it's so great to see. Last year, I believe if Tua doesn't get hurt, we win that game in Buffalo at the end of the year.
1: Uh, if anything, Philly, North Carolina, is just like me as a Jets fan. At least his quarterback's healthy compared to mine. Yeah, because yeah, that's know, how Jets, that's right. Jets fans and Dolphins fans are almost kindred spirits. Browning, Nagel, all these other quarterbacks that they have not won with since Joe Namath in the Super Bowl three, So, Phil, in North Carolina, you and our brother, we're kindred spirits when it comes to that. I never thought I'd say that about a fellow Dolphins fan. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd say that, that we're kindred spirits. Paul and Reno, what you got on Freddie and Harry? Thanks for calling us Dr. Pepper. Calling in line at 888-729-3776. Paul, what you got to say on ESPN Radio?
5: Hey, I'll tell you what. I know he ain't putting up 70 against that defense. Go Bills, baby! Did you not see what that Bills defense did this week?
1: Oh, we talked about it a couple hours ago. But go on, Paul. We know how good they are defensively.
5: Hey, yo! So he ain't going to put up seventy, and if he can, he's going to take them sacks that they they put Sam out through, he might not get out of the game. He might not make it through the game.
3: Ooh,
5: okay.
2: He so... said it with his chest and his elbows and his face. Somebody got to get bit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh man. Um <laughs> you don't know what to say about that when he said that, huh? He wasn't um, wishing ill will on Tua. I see that that seems to be the look on your face right now that yeah, he's wishing ill he, will but You know how
2: you know how I am about players getting right. injured. Like but that. he gotta be hit though. oh well, no no, and, no, you you have to. And if and if you're a defensive coordinator, that's what you're telling your team. Hey, we gotta get a hat on Tua to Tagovailoa. But if we don't get there, we got to get our hands out, hands up, because we know right. the ball's getting out so quickly. No
1: doubt, no doubt.
2: But it's easier, it's easier said than done. And I think the Buffalo Bills, when you look at their football team, they, well, Josh Allen, I shouldn't say they. Josh Allen didn't live up to his capabilities in the first game. Right. So that's a no team closer. that actually should be undefeated right now. No doubt, he um, gave that
1: game away. I'm with you on it's, that. One.
2: It's a matchup that I'm really looking forward to. Because I'm interested to see what Sean McDermott is going to do defensively. That that That's what I want to see within this matchup.
1: Harry, you know this, and you play in the NFL and I didn't, but we got a pretty good idea. No matter how great you are as a quarterback, you get pressure on a quarterback, especially up the middle, they can't stand it. They can't step into their throw. They can't see the lanes where a throw the football. That's what I can't wait to see how, because Buffalo is going to bring that pressure. Sean yep. McDermott is going to dial up that pressure for this football team, and I can't wait to see how he handles that because if Phil and Reno is right, the way they've been able to play defense this year in Buffalo, if their quarterback does not have four turnovers in the first game of the year against the New York Jets, they're 3-0, no, and the Jets are 0-3. By them being able to do that, I can't wait to see what Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock Eastern Time Buffalo, those jumping off the bus, landing in the table, people up there are going to lose their rabbit behind minds waiting for Tua Tungvalo and the Dolphins to come up there to play the Buffalo Bills. By the way, the Dolphins have been in good hands with Tua Tungvalo in the first three games in this good hands moment of the week. Brought to you by Allstate. With insurance from Allstate, you'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. Here's Mac Jones wants to throw. Deep shot. He's got it. Across 40, 40, 30, 25, 20, 10, 5, and touchdown is the signal. Eight yards to Farrell Brown. The New England, New England Pages radio network with that call on 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston with my man Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You heard Farrell Brown getting that touchdown pass. The Pages tied in. He was so alone. He was lonesome getting that touchdown. Part of the Pages, 15-10 to 10 win over the New York Jets, and he joins us here on Freddie and Harry. And, Farrell, you know how tough a defense can be, especially like the Jets, but yet, you're able to pop that big one. What did you and your team see on film that week that led you to say that play could be there, and if it is, we're going to pop that play?
3: I mean, they, uh, the Jets has a great defense. Um, we wanted to just come out and uh, be physical with those guys up front. We wanted to uh, run a ball and be able to get some play action going. Uh, anytime we can – and we want to play ahead. Uh, the last two games, we haven't been playing ahead. So uh, I think we came out and played our game, and we knew that uh, – it would be good things happening if we came out and played uh, Patriot football.
2: So, Farrell, looking at the covers that the Jets played, cover three, you have the two corners who have one-third of the football field, safety down deep, so you know you're probably going to get that football. But when you pass the safety, who was the hook defender, did you think the corner was going to overlap? Because I've been in that situation a lot, and whenever I caught a scene versus one high, I know that corner is going to overlap most of the time, so I try to quick tuck it. Were you surprised when nobody overlapped or that defender didn't carry you?
3: Uh, I was. I knew that I would get the inside defender, but like you said, the, uh, that corner is usually supposed to be either mid or, like you said, overlapping. Uh, I think it was number one, so uh, Gardner. I think he was still at BW3 or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that little, little, little low-level little trash talk when it comes to Farrell Brown of the Patriots tight end joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You'd only scored two touchdowns to end in the NFL in 2017. You'd only played 8% of the offensive snaps in week one, and yet you show up like that. What has it been like for you that now you're starting to get more reps and even more confidence, Farrell in the passing game from the Patriots?
3: Uh, I mean, it's been great. Uh, the journey has definitely been a, a, a long journey. Uh, it, it wasn't surprising for me. I mean, I've always been confident out there. It's just been a matter of opportunity. Uh, i prepare prepared, and I'm just confident in my preparation. Uh, that ball I caught, I caught 50 of those on Friday, wow. you know, doing the wet bar drill. So I'm always prepared. I mean, in my journey, I've had seven years, I've had a different head coach and a different position coach and almost a different GM every year so uh, it's just been a lack of opportunity and being an undrafted guy it's always an upfield battle so uh, that's that's my journey and uh, like I said it's just been a matter of opportunity and opportunity came and I was uh, prepared and ready for it and uh, that's what happens you know so I wasn't surprised uh, it was just you know preparation these opportunities, like they say
1: How much do you feel like Gronk when you're running down the field like that?
3: Oh, man, I, I I was just feeling like I got to get to this goal line. I seen the goal line, and, like I said, like, usually, you know, you're ready to take a hit, but right. I didn't feel anybody, so I was like, <laughs> I got to get to this goal line. And then uh, I just had to do the Gronk spike, you know, watching Gronk uh, be a tight end and uh, being uh, my stature, you know, 6'7", 265, uh, You know, I always watch Gronk, so being in the Patriots uniform, I just have to, you know, uh, give a shout-out to the legend.
2: Playing for Bill Belichick, everyone doesn't have that luxury, but we're talking about the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Um, When we talk about head coaches and being able to have success in the National Football League, having that uh, success consistently, right, at this level, what's it been like playing for a legend like Bill?
3: Uh, I mean, it's been awesome. Uh, I think just him being around for so long, just the insight and, the you know, the spark, the, the the wisdom and the the smartness that he have with a game. I mean, he's pretty blessed. If it's something that's happened, he's seen it, you know. So uh, me still being a relatively young player, uh, it's been great just to learn and see how he sees the game and just listen to it and kind of just being a fly on the wall.
1: Ezekiel L, oh, your new teammate, he had a great day yesterday, sixteen carries and eighty yards. He described you as a dog. Not D-O-G, D A W G. A dog. How would Farrell Brown describe himself as a Pages tight end in the NFL?
3: Uh I mean, as a as a tight end, I just want to come out there and uh, be physical. Uh in a blocking game, uh in a passing game. Uh, you know, we we're all trying to impose our will on each other so uh i just want to be physical tough and just you know play hard that's it's just that simple for me
2: now pharaoh your oregon ducks got a big win this past weekend what's your take on oregon and what you've seen them display this past saturday
3: Oh, man, that was great. I text our EQ guys like, man, that uh, Dan Land is my kind of guy, man. He was just like no mercy out there. Uh, (laughs) I loved it. Uh, Even his uh, pregame speech, you know, he kind of kept it all in-house. You know, uh, a lot of the other coaches, you know, with the storyline been saying stuff, uh, he kind of just had the guys fired up. And, uh, oh, man, that was awesome to watch.
1: Hey, Farrell, keep up the great work, my friend. I know you got a tough one again this week. You're taking the Dallas Cowboys. Continued success, my friend. Don't hurt my Cowboys too much, and thanks for joining us. on Freddie and Harry, okay? I uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Great stuff by Farrell Brown. Brown's tied in. And, uh, excuse me, um, New England Patriots tight end. And I love what he said about, you know what? I get the opportunity. I've been waiting for this. I'm built for this. And he got that opportunity. He made the most of it, making that big play that turned out to be the touchdown that was the, the difference maker. In that game between the page and the Jets, with the Pages winning at fifteen to ten on Sunday,
2: Freddie and life, um, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's business, football. When you get an opportunity, you got to make the best of the opportunity mm-hmm. because it's not a guarantee that you're going to get that op again. Absolutely. And shout out to him for if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready and preparing that way. So the moment wasn't too big for him, and he made a mistake. But no, the moment. Arose and he took advantage of it, and the New England Patriots was able to win a game because he was.
1: And when you're six, seven, two, and thirty, sixty-five pounds, they're not going to be too many moments are going to be nope. bigger than you. When it comes to Pharrell Brown, the tight end of the New England Patriots, keep weighing in under Freddie and Harry, Doctor Pepper calling online Can't wait to see and hear what you have to say at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Including, let us know. Which team, you te- which team you think is the best team in the NFL? Harry thinks it's San Francisco. I think right now it's the Miami Dolphins. Let us know at 888-729-3776. Which team is the best team in the NFL? And is it another chance for a renaissance when it comes to Baker Mayfield? At least staying with this team in Tampa in the NFL? We'll get to that next. You keep it here on ESPN Radio.
0: doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com
1: this podcast is proud to be supported by jet's pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jet's is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
3: This is the Freddy and Harry Podcast
1: on ESPN Radio. On this reggae Monday known as Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and channel 80 He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Also, don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. The Eagles are determined to not fly Eagles fly, but fight Eagles fight. As Gary play part of a Monday night doubleheader, you got the Bengals, the Rams on one side, and the Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the other side. Let's bring in an FOS friend of the show. He is Tim McManus, ESPN Eagles reporter. Hit him on Twitter at Tim underscore McManus. And Tim, everybody keeps waiting for this Eagles offense. That was really dominant last year, especially in running game, to show up. This Bucks defense is pretty good. What are the Eagles going to try to do to make sure they get back into that rhythm that we saw in 2022?
0: Well, one thing that we did see, the adjustment that they had last week, is they went heavy with the ground attack. And what they're seeing from defenses, and in particular Minnesota last week, Freddie, was... You now then the defense dropping upwards of eight into coverage with a high frequency. And what that's doing is, especially with the safeties playing back, is forcing Jalen Hurts to take what's underneath. It's just kind of like they want them to do 14, 15 play drives, and it takes a lot of patience. Uh, but what you saw from offensive coordinator Brian Johnson was that he adjusted and said, okay, if you guys are going to be dropping everybody back into coverage, we're just going to run the ball. If you're going to be showing us six-man boxes, we're just going to pound it all day. And that's they ended up going for 259 yards rushing. And so, you know, they're going to stay patient. Uh, they're trying to figure out ways to, to push the ball downfield. But the recipe really seems to be if that's the way that defenses are going to play, then you just you gash them in the run game. Eventually, they'll have to adjust. And that's when you start hitting them over the top in the passing game.
2: And, Tim, you're around the Eagles a lot. How has this team been adjusting to the new coordinators on both sides of the ball? And were there any expectations that there would be some growing pains because of that?
0: Yeah, no question about it. I think particularly on defense, there was expectations that there was going to be growing pains, particularly because not only are you bringing in a new defense and a new defensive coordinator, but there's also five starters from last year who exited in pre-agency. And so you're, you're working in new starters uh, and we've seen some of that. I mean, I feel like the defense has acquitted itself generally well, but one area where they've been a little bit vulnerable is giving up the touchdown passes with the seven of them to this point. And, you know, they're, they're getting a little bit leaky, especially over the middle. And so there's been adjustment there. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I would look less to the fact that Brian Johnson has come in for Shane Steichen, that they feel good about uh, what he's done so far and the adjustments that he's made to what Jason Kelsey called some chaotic defenses that they've been seeing, ones that have been unscripted, really trying to throw off this NFC Championship team. Um, And and they're throwing a lot of curveballs at him, and it seems like he's adjusted so far. So the, the bigger changes have been on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, there's been some bumps along the way, but they feel generally good about how those two coordinators have performed so far, and Brian Johnson and Sean Desai.
1: Tim McManus, ESPN Eagles reporter, joining Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hit him on Twitter at Tim underscore McManus. I know it's early, Tim, but how do you think the Eagles have handled being more of the hunted than the hunters so far?
0: Yeah, you know what? I've, I've been sensing uh, a little bit of pressure that's been affecting them, to be perfectly honest with you. And when, when Jason Kelsey this week was asked, like, what's the temperature of the team? His response was on edge. Uh, and I thought that was interesting because you definitely feel that. You saw that a little bit on the sidelines for whoever was watching the Thursday night game against the Vikings. You saw Nick Sirianni. I mean, he's, he's always demonstrative, but he was a little extra demonstrative maybe. And then there was a little bit of the, the conver- heated conversation between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Uh, Kelsey went on to say he thinks it's a good thing, that you never want to be comfortable in this league, and, and to be on edge is, is probably where you want to be, especially you know, it shows that this team certainly isn't full of itself. Uh, but, you know, when you climb all the way to the top, uh, the, the, the climb to get back up there is an arduous one, and the expectations in Philly are super high, uh, to the point where, you know, they're 2-0, and but they're getting picked apart. Like, you know, what's going on with this team and why isn't the the offense flying like it was last year? And I think they're feeling that a little bit. Uh, And, you know, the message this week from Nick Sirianni to his players was, let's get back to having fun. Like, you know, let's try to to ease that tension and just kind of get back to enjoying each other and enjoying the the games. And uh, let's see if that carries over to tonight.
1: Hey, Tim, I always appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the game tonight that happens at 7.15 Eastern time on ABC and ESPN+. Plus, and you take care, my man. I uh, appreciate you guys. We go from Tim McManus, ESPN Eagles reporter, to Jenna Lane, ESPN Bucks reporter here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie. Come hit Jenna on Twitter at Jenna Lane ESPN. And Jenna, let's be honest. The story in the Buccaneers glory so far in the 2-0 and no start has been Baker Mayfield and how efficient he's played offensively at the quarterback position what has it been like to see him really take control of this offense and really become that leader at that position that a lot of people did not see coming?
6: Well, considering the fact that they had such a huge vacancy, such a huge void with Tom Brady left, they needed a strong personality on this offense to be able to step in and, and take charge of things. They have veterans and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and they had Ryan Jensen before. Of course, he was lost for the season with that knee injury, but they, they needed someone, a really strong personality to step in there. And Baker has most certainly done that. And I think that the marriage between him and the neural offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, has worked out beautifully. Um, they're not asking Baker to take a lot of the risks that, you know, Tom and, and before him, Jameis Winston had taken in the system that they had with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. Um canalis one of the things that he says often is we got to take the quarterback off the high dive so it's not not as many of these risky throws they still will occasionally throw some deep passes and things like that but you know, you see a lot more of the bootlegs and the rollouts, and you see Baker scrambling for first downs. And uh, previously, of course, with Tom, anytime you have a 45-year-old quarterback doing that, it's, it's there's like a collective gasp in the building, and everybody's like, oh, gosh, don't go low, don't go low, watch mm-hmm. the knees, watch the knees. Is he going to be able to get up? You don't have that with Baker. And I know his teammates very quickly um, really took a liking to him. The offensive line absolutely loved him. That's who he spends... A boatload of his time with but it's not just those guys i mean he's out golfing with you know the defensive line and you know really um has endeared himself to the guys around him they love his his passion his competitive spirit they love the trash talk where you know he gets up and and after he makes a, a play for a first down against the vikings he started talking trash to some tvs um you know Tristan some joked, jokes you know it's i got i gotta pull him out of that stuff and, and kind of get him regrouped but You know they they really are enjoying what they're what they're getting out of him and and I think for the fan base here um they they've been they've been surprised pleasantly surprised they're they're excited about what's happened with this team so far I I don't know if really anyone entered the season with a lot of expectations outside of of the team I know the team themselves they they say they've always had high expectations but I think for the fan base here um you know they entered the season without a lot of expectations and so they're really enjoying this.
2: I think it's safe to say after those first two wins that Baker Mayfield and those offensive linemen are having some beers together, Jenna. I'm pretty sure of it, to be exact. Now, I want to talk about one of Baker's weapons, Mike Evans. He's gotten off to a fantastic start this season, despite not being able to come to terms with a new contract with the team. Where do the two sides currently stand on a new deal, and could his recent performance push the Bucks front office into getting that deal done?
6: That's an interesting question. You know, in talking to Evans and his agents, they were pretty adamant that if that deadline, that September 9th deadline wasn't reached, they were done negotiating for the season because Mike wanted to shift his focus to just football. Didn't want to have to worry about the contract stuff. Didn't, didn't want to have to deal with all that. And so I believe them on that. And I know that he was hurt when the team did not extend a, a final offer that, that would have kept him um in Tampa for, for at least another year. That, that was, that was something that was made clear to me was that, you know, this didn't have to be a long-term deal. They would have been happy with, with another year, uh, kind of like a placeholder deal to be able to work something out for the long term. He just wanted some semblance of security. Um, That didn't happen. And when I asked Mike at that time, would you still be open to returning to Tampa if you don't get a deal done this week? And the look in his eye, I had never seen that look before because Mike has always been the consummate Buccaneer. Mm-hmm. You know, you go through all these quarterbacks that they've had, you know, in the nine seasons that he's been here. Uh, he's been the one constant. It hasn't been those guys, even though Brady, yes, he, you know, he gave the Bucks a tremendous three seasons here. Mike has has been the face of this team. And, so he was quite hurt by, by that. And the look in his eye told me, look, there, there, there's not going to be any loyalty discount here. He really wants to see what he could get on the open market. And then I know from the team standpoint, uh, they very much like Mike, they respect him. I mean, Todd Bowles is always raving about him. However, they want to see kind of what they're, what they have now in this next phase of his career, because their recent track record hasn't been that great with guys that are 30 plus, but at the same time, can you really compare Mike to some of those guys? Because he's only missed, I want to say, like seven games due to injury or illness. He's been remarkably healthy, especially when you kind of look at the rest of the guys that were in that 2014 draft class. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. comes to mind. You know, Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks was in that class. Helen Benjamin was in that class. Jarvis Landry was in that class. Mm. Mike's, Mike's kind of been a standout because of his availability. I mean, all those guys were exceptional talent. But Mike have the availability and the durability and that's been huge for him in his career and so I do wonder well maybe they maybe they shouldn't necessarily kind of brand him as okay he's 30 plus but I know I know Todd Bowles when I had asked him about that over the summer he was like no there's been absolutely no drop-off and I don't expect there to be any drop-off with them um, you know maybe maybe we should start looking at him more in along the likes of a Joey Galloway or a Larry Fitzgerald guys that we're playing really good football, having a 1,000-yard season, and they're mid to late 30.
1: Wow. Either way, it's going to be very interesting. The Buccaneers try to pull the upset and go 2-0 against an equally 2-0 Eagles team. No matter what happens, Jenna Lane will be all over it on social media, Jenna Lane ESPN. As an ESPN Bucks reporter, she joined Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Great stuff, Jen. Enjoy the game tonight as well, and thanks so much.
6: Thank you so much. Great chatting with
1: you guys. Absolutely. By the way, the Monday Night Football preview involving both of those teams that happens at 7.15 Eastern time on ABC and ESPN+. Plus. When it comes to the Eagles in Tampa Bay, take on the Buccaneers, part of Progressive Insurance. You can save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. All you got to do is visit Progressive.com. After three weeks of the NFL season, Harry Douglas believes the San Francisco 49s are the best team in the NFL. My answer is... <laughs> Find out what team I think is the best team in the NFL next on ESPN Radio.
3: This is the
1: Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, we're doing reggae Monday every Monday on Freddie and Harry. So get ready. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining the afternoon. Get down on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us. And tune in and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. You believe the 49ers are the best team right now in the NFL. Harry, why?
2: Uh, the physicality, the consistency that they've been able to have the last few years. Brock Purdy, uh, I think he's answered a lot of questions. Okay. And that defense, they added to the defense – the skill position players are still intact, so that's why I believe the San Francisco 49ers are still that team.
1: It's a great argument. It's a compelling argument. Kyle uh,
2: Shanahan, too, as a play caller.
1: Oh, well, not just Kyle Shanahan, but they seem to go through defense coordinators and next person up. Lose yep. Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryan. Lose him, bring somebody else. Steve and Wilkes. now. Steve Wilkes now can dial up a defense, a guy who should not have been run after one year of the Arizona Cardinals as a head coach, but I digress. I'll go with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I know it's a 70 burger they put up on the Denver Broncos. But that offense keeps getting like that, and that defense is going to get better. I think their upside right now is really one thing that has impressed me. We'll find a lot about them on Sunday when they take on the Buffalo Bills, 1 o'clock Eastern time in Buffalo. That Bills defense, they have been ferocious in the first three games of the NFL season. Perry, in North Carolina, thanks for calling to Freddie and Harry. Dr. Pepper calling in line at 888-729-3776. Perry, what you got, my friend?
5: Yeah, uh, first, greetings and salutations. Um, yeah, First things first, uh, Freddie, I got to give you the flowers, man. You've been my favorite uh, on-air personality there for a long time. Appreciate you. Okay? Appreciate you. I I have to say that. Plus, plus, look, uh, in in this slot, you're in great hands with a great producer like Shannon Penn. Wow. And no Shannon didn't pay me to say that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shannon, you what's your cousin doing calling in? <laughs> uh, what, what else you got, Perry? Uh, look, I agree with
5: Harry. Okay, uh, San Francisco 49ers, consistency. All right, they are the best team in the NFL. However, you are right when you when when it, when you're talking about the Miami Dolphins and upside. I'm a Jets fan, so yes, we the Dolphins and us are. Kindred spirit, but I see a lot of upside, especially with what Tua's been able to do with the speed, the incredible speed uh, that they have, have a wide receiver. So, yeah, they, they, they definitely have the upside. But San Francisco is that team. Okay,
1: I, I don't blame him because you, both of you guys make a compelling case for the 49ers. Just the way that they play. They can adapt to any kind of offense. Yeah. But that Dolphins offense, it seems that like they can adapt to any kind of defense. And we'll find a lot more about them this week when they play a Bills defense that's been as good as anybody so far in the first three weeks of the NFL.
2: No, I, I agree with you. And that that's why this matchup is so dynamic. And – When you talk about consistency, can you do it for 17 games? Absolutely. That's a great point. And that's the thing. When I look at the San Francisco 49ers, they've been able to do that. And we're talking about a team that has lost quarterbacks frequently too (laughs) and still (laughs) been able to do it. So I, I like where the Miami Dolphins are trending though. And that run game for Miami has come to life in 2023, and if that that stays consistent, it's going to be tough for a lot of people to stop them.
1: Can you imagine Miami San Francisco Super Bowl where you got McDaniel, they used to coach under Kyle Shanahan, they run similar styles. Even though Miami has more speed on offense, but the 49ers are clearly better on defense, and both these guys can dial it up as play callers. That could be a very interesting matchup if that happens, but still a long way to go, of course. In the NFL season, Joe, great Joe, in the great state of Texas, Joe, my friend, what you got on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio?
3: Hey, what's going on, fellas? Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Uh, so, what you just said was a great segue into what I want to talk about. Uh, I don't know if you guys were listening to Sportsman like this morning, and, and we Evan were. Cohen made a hell of a connection. He was talking about how all the good coaches in the NFL right now are all Bill Walsh descendants. And I was—I had to think about what he was saying. He—he he went from Bill Walsh to Shanahan to mm-hmm. Kyle to McVay to McDaniel's, yep. and I was like, "That's crazy!" But but he—he's he, got a point. It's like the game has changed almost to a college-style offense. So the, those play callers are are, are, ex- are excelling in today's game.
1: There's no doubt about it. You look at the St. Louis Rams. When they were doing their greatest show on turf, a lot of things they did were incorporated from Don Coriolis San Diego charge with Dan Fouts, and also the Bill Walsh style of quick striking, short passes, get the ball in your hands quickly. So you put those two coaching trees together. There's a lot of that we've seen so far, Harry, in modern football in the NFL.
2: Well, and that's the thing, like nowadays, and I remember when Dan Quinn got the head coaching job in Atlanta, one of the reasons why he hired Kyle Shanahan Mm -hmm. as his offensive coordinator, because he felt like that was the hardest offense for his defense to prepare for. Absolutely. and. Mike Shanahan, man, being able to do what he did with the Denver Broncos and then pass it along to other people. And now it's crazy for me to think about Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, and Kyle all with the Washington Commanders at one point. I know, on the same staff, and, yeah. Yes. And now those guys have branched off. But you look at the guys that are getting these head coaching jobs um, in, 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 in recent years the recent NFL is guys that have been a part of that coaching tree yeah. from an offensive standpoint yeah.
1: here's another guy that people seem to forget about Andy Reid part of that coaching tree Bill Walsh yep. too kind of a, a second generation of that that so many of those disciples those acolytes are out there when it comes to Bill Walsh and it makes it even more fascinating because defenses are going to catch up when they get in their film but those coaches, Harry, that you mentioned, are so good at adapting the personnel or adapting throughout the week or adapting throughout the game that if you're doing something that's stymieing them early, they find a way to figure it out to make sure that does not continue for four quarters.
2: Here's the most important thing, too. All those guys that we're talking about, they're highly intelligent. Very, very highly intelligent.
1: Yeah, Football IQ means a lot. A lot of those guys that you mentioned and also our man mentioned, there are no dummies when it comes to that coaching tree involving Bill Belichick and also definitely when it comes to Bill Walsh. Somebody still believes that Zach Wilson is the best option for the New York Jets. <laughs> but we really don't believe that person who said that. We'll tell you who said that next on Freddie and Harry. Keep it here on ESPN Radio.
2: Somebody got to get bit.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddy and Harry Podcast.